Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, it's the Luke and Pete Shaw Thursday edition. I hope you had an excellent Wednesday, Tuesday, and rest of Monday. My name is Pete Donaldson. I'm joined by a man by the name of... Luke Aaron Moore. Mm, yes, we're looking at a, a one and a half second delay on the old uh, latency uh, on the recording. So uh, that's the sort of thing you're going to be expecting right throughout the show. Uh, <laughs> well, don't say so that because people it'll, it'll be edited, Pete. Oh, well, it might be. I mean, if, if, if I was the person who was editing, I would have done it for the first few weeks, made a good show of it, then just like just let them get on with it for the rest and of that's it. Just, and that's just only part of the reason why you're not doing it anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to this week, Peter? Oh, I've been doing loads of stuff. I do a, uh, I do occasionally a voiceover for a um, Discovery Channel uh, derivative, Dmax, and uh, a lot of the shows are about um, traveling or living life off grid for a certain amount of time. Twenty one, you know, twenty one days off grid and naked and afraid and living in in places like Alaska. Um, one place uh, that some um, uh, TV show journeyed to is a place in Argentina called uh, Tierra del Fuego, which is yeah. obviously land of fire. Um, and it, and I was going land of fire. It's 500 miles from Antarctica. What mm. the fuck's going on here? Why? They... And I, I googled it, and for a man called Ferdinand Magellan, who uh, on passing the archipelago in 1520, spotted a number of fires burning along the coastline. So he called it uh, land of fire. When, as I've said, it's 500 miles from Antarctica, so it's fucking freezing all of the time, <laughs> the year round. So, uh, can we like? Just people who are not necessarily discovering it or they just go past it and describe it. At some point, can we not just sort of go, this is a wholly inconsequential and, and, and silly name for this part of the world. Let's call it something else. Fuck Ferdinand Magellan. I don't know who he was. I'm sure he was very important. But just because he was a bit paranoid about some fires burning along the uh, coastline, you cannot call a place the land of fire when it is its high point is like seven degrees. What would you call it? Brrr. <laughs> I reckon he's just being he's just been ironic, mate. <laughs> he's yeah. an absolute yeah, he's just an absolute roster, isn't he? He's just having yeah. an absolute giggle. Yeah. Fifteen twenty, and we're still using that. Land of fire. Piss off. Yeah, I mean I place place names is an interesting thing because they can they tend to never And that's really... why they don't that's why they don't deserve the Falklands, Luke. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's why <laughs> they never really back. change. They never really <laughs> change we never really change like, like place names never really kind of change they kind of evolve don't they so the town i'm from gosport that mm. I, I think that used to be called god's port 
right? Nice, but it's like a, that, yeah. evolved, and it's the same where I live. The area I live in, London, Norwood, that used to be called Northwood. So okay, don't, they right. do change slightly. They evolve, but they, I mean, you're not really gonna you're not really gonna get a, a kind of a groundswell of support for changing Tierra del Fuego <laughs> to something completely different. It's just not going to happen. Five hundred years, yeah. mate, you're not going to change it now. Just be, just be, just be clever about it. And you like know this, Pete, of... as much as anyone else, because you obviously famously tried to rebrand yourself PD, and that didn't work. It did, kind of. I mean, you've been you've been trying really hard to rebrand me as uh, Hamster. What's his name? Out of Top Gear. Oh, Richard Hammond. Um, Richard Hammond. This week, yeah. Luke uh, said that me, uh, Luke, and uh, another member of our company are like the lads from Top Gear. But the problem is. Um, you may think you may have scored a direct hit on me, uh, Luke, but I genuinely don't have much reference for him other than he keeps rolling his cars and nearly killing himself. So I just need a little bit more. He did a science All program, right. didn't he? I don't, you I don't know me enough in, about Hamster. I'm inviting you in. Let, let me tell me what he's all about so I can be angry right. about you calling me Hamster from Top Gear. Little, little fella. Little fella, Number yeah. One. All right, fair. Yeah. Questionable facial hair. All right, I'll do that. Holding on to hair longer than he should for his age. Okay, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Terrible, like dreadfully consistent um, waistcoat wearer. Okay, I don't wear a lot of waistcoats. So I've well, you say gone, that. Come on, I'm four, we've gone four down, and I'm stopping you right there. No, I, I think I think you, may, you wear because more waistcoats than of, anyone else I know. Um, I've not worn a waistcoat in quite a long time simply because I've put on weight for <laughs> all my waistcoats. <laughs> my suits have become a lot smaller on me. Okay, in this situation, by the way, I was also, you should probably point out to everyone that I was self-deprecating enough to say that I was James May, who is like quite tragic. So, I mean, I, 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 why I is, Yeah, but why is he quite, why is he quite tragic? Why, why would you not go for the big, the big bopper? Um, what's his name? Yeah, I'm not racist enough for Clarkson. I'm not. I'm genuinely not a racist. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely a very tolerant person. So I don't think. I don't think he is. I don't think any of the, anyone who has this kind of like that, that kind of reputation. Uh, you know, the, the Clarksons, the um, these are fellows on Good Morning Britain. These kind of like men who are confused about the world, the world as it is. And, yeah, and, and then they think that everyone should just you know book their own ideas up and just and, and grow up and all that shit. Like they don't believe that. They're saying that for money. So yeah, that's true. I don't think yeah. any of them are. Yeah, they're they're not stupid enough to be that racist. They just they just think they can get a rise, and they think they're being naughty by doing it. Could I just say I the the, most, the biggest insult you could have paid Piers Morgan there was forgetting his name, which you did. So uh, <laughs> he would be fuming about that. Absolutely yes. fuming. But the thing is, James uh, Jeremy Clarkson also punched a producer, and I would never ever do that. So I mean, I, I, it didn't really fit for me. That's all. <laughs> oh, I don't punch producers. Look at you, special bro. And they also don't wear jeans <laughs> like he does. No, no, I guess not. But I'm, I bet they've got lovely houses. I bet all three of them oh, have yeah. lovely bloody houses. But Pete, houses. when, when we... Um, one of the best ever sends up, send-ups of Clarkson, by the way, is uh, in an episode of the Steve Coogan perennially underrated comedy vehicle, Saxondale, where he goes mm. to a cut classic car show and um, he becomes friends with a Clarkson-type character played amazingly by Alexander Armstrong. It's a right. brilliant, um, brilliant satire of, of the Jeremy Clarkson and his ilk. It's well worth a watch. But when, <laughs> do, when do you think that? Because um, you and I, we're approaching a certain age. Those kind of jeans that Clarkson wears and, and the look that he, he he has. When do you think you and I will get to that stage? Because I think you're going to be Hammond. That's what I'm saying. You'll get to that what stage you and you'll start dressing like... exactly like Hammond. But the problem is, I've not worn jeans for the last ten years. So, like, I, I just, I just, I'm a jeans opt-outer. So, I think that when I start wearing jeans, I'll be saying to everyone, "Look, 
I've not worn jeans for 10 years. You've all been having your fun with jeans, all right? So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm getting me Marks and Sparks on. So give me some respect, yeah? I'm enjoying well, calling it Marks and Sparks is a real sign. <laughs> not wrong Pete, with that. Of Pete, speaking, of, um, Pete, speaking of um, sartorial challenges, um, check mm. out the link I've just put in the little recording session there um, because right. I really want you to look at something and get, I want your take on it. So um, there'll be plenty of people out there who don't know this, and I didn't know this until yesterday uh, when I was reading around it, that there's going to be a NASA SpaceX launch on Wednesday. Uh, right. Actually, no, actually, actually, at time recording, it may or may not have already happened because of, because of when we're recording. So the uh, but it depends on the weather. So anyway, the long story long story short, at some point, weather dependent, there's going to be a pretty uh, you know an historic mission where a couple of uh, astronauts are going to fly to the International Space Station, and right. they're going to do it in the SpaceX Falcon rocket, right? And the Crew Dragon, that thing that um, Elon Musk is involved in. Anyway, so that's the that's the background. Pete, that link I've sent you. Scroll down to the middle of it. Look mm. at the space. Look at the astronaut outfits they the now wear. Suits. They look completely different. They look like Lego uh, clothes. The helmets are so small, and the but and the and the like the. It looks like they've put you know like Smithies, the terrible um, like kind of ten quid uh, fancy dress Halloween costume makers. Yeah. it looks like they've bought it off that. Also, the guy on the it's right, like... Pete, really looks like um, Dom Jolly. Matt Damon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's somewhere in between that too. Matt Damon. Fantastic. That's though. generous. Benken. His name is Benken. Hurley and Benken. They're all now but done with all of their preparations. Look at, worse than that, actually, are they, oh, they're not in the rocket there. I thought, I thought, wow, that's a really, the the the, the car that they're in uh, looked really, I thought they were in a car, but I, I, no, that might actually be the rocket. I think they will be. I think they will be though. It's called an Astro van, isn't it? But their chair, but their chairs look like gaming chairs. <laughs> yeah. I've got one of them. It's all very, it's all very kind of um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? It's all very, very kind of streamlined and minimalist, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess um, uh, all of like the technology's kind of like come on so much that you, you, you know, obviously, was there some pressure situation with the with the old ones in the in the sixties and the seventies that meant that they were had to be really, really bulky and obviously like maneuverability, space is at a premium. Oh man, I'm excited. Look at and, and more than anything else, like. You're looking at these guys using like new technology rather than like obviously um, rockets get built like 20 years before they're needed. So there's the technology that's in place now and the stuff that's up there on the space station was put together, you know, decades ago. So like looking at them using like um, flat panel LCD screens is just so it's exciting. Cool. It just looks yeah. like they've, they've used their space way more better, way more yeah. better. Um, I also wow. find it exciting because it looks like. Um, what I imagined it to look like when I was a kid, finally. Mm. And and secondly, that, that paradox thing about how the the because of the uh, because of the time and, and the processes involved that technology becomes quite outdated. I find that interesting when you think about really long distances. So for example, if you if they got sign off on a on a crewed mission to say something that's twenty five years travel away, right? So they do one of those things like um, you see on some of those Ridley Scott movies, like the newer Alien films or whatever. And there's a crew there, and they're there, or maybe they're a family or a group of of professionals that know that they're going to have to live together for like 25 years. What's to say that like in 10 years' time there isn't a technology to get them there in like five years, which will overtake the original one? Yes, making the original one pointless. Be... <laughs> it's and weird. They'll be waiting, they'll be waiting there with space guns. To uh, <laughs> yeah, the most, Imagine, the most upsetting. Pete, how gutted would you be if you signed up to a twenty-five-year space mission and when you finally got there, loads of people were already there? All right. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh, done this for nothing, have we? 
with space lasers to blow them up. We, you're not needed. Your idea's <laughs> outmoded. You're dangerous. But yeah. I, um, one of the most worrying things is they've got like a mission control for, uh, shot for, that NASA has provided um, uh, of the two um, space guys, I'm going to call them, um, in, in Saturday's dress rehearsal. Um, they're watching it on a video stream. <laughs> That's hosted in a fucking Chrome browser. That's the worrying thing for me. This, this, this man who's running the fucking running the whole. What um, would you system. be using? Well, I mean, I, I mean, you'd hope it would be bespoke, wouldn't you? That you wouldn't be watching a video feed from fucking Google Chrome. But clearly, they are. I mean, that part of the mission is clearly not as sensitive as the other stuff. But yeah, um, I'd, but they'd have. They'd have they'd, I mean, they'd, they'd, this is your area, but surely they'd have like certain plugins and and security and 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 maybe it's the just just like statistically it's just the most reliable browser right it's just yeah but like why does it need to be why does why is he using an internet browser to watch a video feed of a man on space in space that's the worrying thing like, what should he be using doesn't need, camcorder doesn't need to come doesn't need to come through <laughs> doesn't need to come through that i'd i'd be worried that i don't know there'd be something goes wrong with the encoder the the, the footage gets hacked and it gets replaced by a, a formula one e-gamer um something goes <laughs> yeah. wrong Somebody but types in the wrong Twitch details. Here's one for you, right? So there was a great BBC podcast series. I think it's called 13 Minutes to the Moon. It's all about the um, the space um, the space race of the 60s and, and mission control and NASA and all that kind of stuff. And I think I'm right in saying that in that um, era, the average age of a mission control operative was 24 years old, right? Right. Imagine a 24-year-old Luke Moore and a 24-year-old Pete Donaldson given jobs there. My uh, God. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would I'd be, be horrendous. <laughs> we'd be, have hangovers. We'd each have a bottle of Mets. <laughs> Mets yeah. As we tell everyone to get out, get out of the space capsule. I mean, I just, I mean, to be to be honest though, everything's probably automated now, so it's probably just one button. There you go. Get fuck off to space now. Bye. Yeah, probably no, no worries. Let us know when you get there. Give us three rings <laughs> when you get there. Um, See you later. By the way, Pete, also, um, it is worth pointing out that the uh, official Luke and Pete show Tarantula, Little John, um, oh. is um, has been there's a picture of him being sent in by Alex Robson, who is the owner of the official Luke and Pete show Tarantula. Pete, I'm not telling you the story. I'm not telling you Little John's origin story yet again. Um, right. But on our Twitter, Alex Robson uh, shared a picture of him having a lovely little walk around on a Karate Kid-themed plate. Which is very enjoyable. Oh, um, I'm going to send you that original link as well or, right um, now. Have a look at that. Original uh, recolored. Uh, so look, Alex T. Robson. Um, let's have a look. Oh, that's he's a little, isn't he? He's only a little fella. He's put. Has he put the plates in with the tarantula so the tarantula can enjoy um, a beautiful uh, uh, silhouette <laughs> image of two guys? <laughs> two guys having a bit of a scrap. Um, it's more of a ball. More of a karate kid ball, I'd say, than play. Yeah. But uh, yeah, well, yeah, lovely little chap, um, stretching his legs, ready for class to return on Monday. Did he shed his skin? Was that the story? I seem to recall. The story was, I think, that due to a translation er- error, his friend sent him a real tarantula when he thought he was supposed to send him some fake ones. Fantastic, fantastic. I think that's it anyway. So it's always it's great stuff. And finally, Pete, before we go to a break and uh, then we'll do some emails, I keep meaning to ask you this, and I always forget. So now I'm going to finally do it. Have you seen any of the BBC comedy series This Country? I've not. No, no. You you texted and, and, and recommended it to me, but it's 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 one of those things like um, people do nothing. 
and a couple of other things, and Ozark. I, I just think I've, I'm co- I've come in too late. I won't know what the hell's going yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, Ozark is very different to those. But, <laughs> uh, but this country, I absolutely love. I watched the first couple of episodes a while back, and I was like, oh, it's all right. And my friends were like, no, stick with it. And now I just think it's so, so good. I absolutely love it. I can't get enough of it. So um, I would recommend <laughs> it if those people out there who haven't, who haven't uh, heard, uh, watched it, definitely give it a bash. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I, I've seen he, he. One of the um, characters from um, that particular uh, TV show was in the film um, Michael Winterbottom's Greed, which I watched last week. Oh, what with a, Steve Coogan. Yeah, what a mess that film ends up as. My word, it starts oh, not very good. Really starts excellently and then just goes really downhill. The main protagonist is obviously very unlikable, but there's no redemption arc. There's not even a particular nobody's pleasant and it, it's just and it's just a mess the whole conceit of how he meets his end is a mess and the the the, the um the, the the politics of sri lankan and and uh and, and chinese um uh, uh you know disposable fashion creation uh is is handled really heavily and like as heavily as it possibly could be in a film where it's actually you know they they, they steal a gag uh from Partridge about um, Bono, you know, not paying any tax and wandering around with with his mum's gla- with his, his nan's, um, you know, cataract glasses or whatever. Yeah, like it's so, it was so badly done. I thought, and uh, I don't know. So Pete, the just only, seems to just the only thing find I remember of, really terrible projects to do. The only thing I remember of of it is that um, is that there was a big controversy around the censorship of it by Sony, wasn't there? So maybe that's got something to do right. with it. Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah, maybe it was. What, what was it? What was this? The censorship? Like it just. Oh, I can't remember. The... I just remember seeing right. a news. I'll have to. I'll have to, I'll have to read up on it. Interesting. Oh, well, there you go. Um, well, let's uh, let's get into some emails after a short break, shall we? Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. 
burrow.com slash ACAST. And we're back on the Luke and Pete show. Hello, Kelsey Christmas has just tweeted in saying, I think you're talking about Welks in your latest Luke and Pete podcast. Um, I don't remember talking about Welks, uh, Luke. I, I can't remember what we were, when we ever talked about any kind of um, shellfish, but um, not, sh- not a shelled animal. But um, did you talk about a penis sure... fish last week? Oh no, I, I don't. No, it's not like a no. But this. Oh, okay, Kelsey. I'll, I'll address you out directly, Kelsey. These things are massive. Like they're big, fat um, clam things uh, that are that look a bit sluggy. Um, whelks are tiny, aren't they? Like my dad used to eat whelks. Yeah. Uh, little 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 boys, little guys. Or maybe they, they they do have giant whelks. Maybe Kelsey can provide some kind of um, proof. I don't... <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I don't think they're, I don't think they're whelks, but they could be, and that is uh, where we will leave that. Uh, <laughs> hello at logopeachshow.com. Yeah, and someone who's done that is Martin Larson of Copenhagen. Very nice to hear from a Danish listener. Great mm. stuff. Um, he he puts this out uh, to to the group, and and Pete, I'll put it to you. He just says, "How many holes does a straw have?" Zero, one, or two. The internet can't figure it out, so I've done what any sane person would do. Ask the Luke and the Pete. Keep up the good work, Martin. So what do you make of that? It is effective. Uh, well, it, I, it's got one hole. Really? <laughs> that's it, that's what it's got. If you... Uh, so say, like, you extrude a flat plane um, that has some three-dimensional um, capacity... Uh, say, say, like, if you cut a, um, a straw down to like um, half a millimeter, it, it's got it's basically just a, a circle in a flat bit of plastic, isn't it? Really, mm. does that make any sense? Yeah. It so does, therefore, yeah. so therefore, there's still some thickness in the plastic around the hole, so it is a flat. It's effectively a flat piece of um, plastic with one hole. Uh, just because it's extruded tall, uh, I think it's still got. I think that still counts as one single hole. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, the only way to have two holes is if you put a hole in the straw itself then, the side of it or whatever. If you put, yeah, yeah. Only, yeah, if you, you, you would have to put a, a hole through the other side or, you know. Why would people say that they're, it. why would people it's argue not, yeah. that it has, it has zero holes? Um, what, because, because it's a pipe. And does a pipe necessarily have a hole? Yeah. Is there is there anything punctured? I mean, the way it's produced, obviously... There's no puncturing happening, so a hole is not created. But by virtue of the fact it resembles a hole, it is but a I hole. Think you, Pete, I think you oh. could argue then. I think you could then argue that then, for example, if a straw, if straws are made from one continuous long pipe of plastic, then the entirety of all the straws in existence that came from that one piece only have one hole. So therefore, the section of the straw you're using has zero holes because it's just an extension of the big overall thing that it's cut from. What so so yeah, but which which straw has the hole then? Well, the the, the main piece of plastic that started. So when the when Why? the main well because because what you, because your your logic is that if you reduce it right down to a tiny tiny fraction of its size, it's just mm. a hole, right? But what yeah. I'm saying is it's then a piece, you, it's a piece of plastic with a hole in it. But if I elongate the whole thing so it's hundreds of miles long and cut straws off it, am I creating extra single holes there? Or because that that's now a new thing, but you're saying it's part of a bigger thing with with one hole in total. Each entity would have its own hole. It's a it's a piece of plastic with one. So you're hole. creating Actually, holes just by cutting it. Ironically, thinking that's about weird. it though, 
if you were gonna if you were gonna say you had a I mean you're extruding plastic, so you're so you're heating plastic and, and stretching it along along a thing. I'm not really sure how straws are made, but I presume it's something like that. You are to cut a circle uh, out of a piece of plastic, you are um making one hole. But then to cut the outside dimension of the uh extruded plastic, you're also cutting another hole in, in many ways. So there's there's kind of two holes. Oh, there we go. Oh, so the answer, Martin, is actually zero, one, and two. <laughs> That's the no, answer. I don't, I don't, I, I've taught myself out of my... my, my um... Can we go back to Welks, please? Yeah, Can we go back to Welks? Yeah, very nice. <laughs> oh, we just had an email in um, that is... Um, that is is way too long, but I'll try and cut it down as much as I can. But I quite like the idea of uh, reading out an email that has literally just come in five minutes ago uh, from Jamie Reed. Is that all right? Yeah, go ahead, mate. You fill your boots. Yeah. I'm back to derail your whimsical podcast with theoretical physics once again. The idea right. behind Schrodinger's cat is, as you described, pretty much there's a cat in a sealed box which will die at some random point. So until you open that box, we don't know whether it's uh, alive or dead. But what makes this so interesting that in classical macrophysics, the cat is alive or it is dead, we just don't know uh, which until we open the box. But in quantum physics, the cat is both... Uh, alive and dead until we open the box. It's alive and dead at the same time. It's in a quantum superposition of two states. Everything has to make a decision in classical physics. It's either a solid particle or a wave. A cat is either alive or dead in quantum physics. It doesn't need to make a decision until we force it to. I'm going to leave that there because Mm. the email goes on for a lot longer than that. Jamie, thank you for clearing it up in a uh, pithy and and short uh, manner, even though I uh, made it shorter than, than, than it probably needed to be. I would. Um, I'll probably go and read that email just for my own pleasure later. I um, think so. Yes, because I think there's a certain <laughs> element to Schrodinger's cat where you have um, sort of subatomic particles and like, like I think it's like decaying uranium atoms or something that mm. either poison the cat or don't. And so that's that's how you get to the superstate, I think. But anyway, yeah, that's a, that's a digression. Um, what about this from Oliver? who is also emailed hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. He says, hello, I'm way behind on this email, but I thought you guys might want to hear about the maddest thing I found in my attic, as it's pretty weird. In my loft, I found the previous owners of my house. (laughs) What? Oh, right, yes. I bought this house 12 months ago as a repossession where it was sold as seen. So I have no idea of the history of the house or the previous tenants. I did find out a lot, though, when I got up into the loft to find old postcards, books, and the ashes of both the previous owners, husband and wife. The husband died in the 70s. The wife died only a few years ago. I had no idea why they'd been left up there. I don't know what to do with them. I've spoken to the neighbours, the solicitors, and the local crematorium. Short Short of telling me about some family rift, they can't help with anything. Any ideas, greatly appreciated. Hopefully, we'll get them back to the family if they want them. But if not, we'll eventually put them in the garden where they hopefully spent many happy years. Um, oh, very so weird situation. How do they even make it up into the into the exactly? How do, I mean, that, it's not murder suicide, is it? I mean, how did they get the? How did they both get up there? So somebody must have went. I don't need them downstairs. Let's put them in the loft. So confusing. Yeah. Like uh, a fascinating story, uh, and presumably a rather upsetting. <laughs> Stop. Also, how does he know that the ashes are who they say they are? Yeah. Who he assumes exactly. they are. Because unless they're labelled, he won't know, will he? It could be anyone. Yeah. Oh, God, would you want it, uh, uh, would you want it labelled? 
Or would you want it, would you want it to be unlabeled? I don't know. Surely there's on on, a, on Nern there would be a little message saying you know this is so 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 in the same way that a uh, uh, um, a grave would be. The local funeral directors down the road from me, you can make ashes into like jewelry and stuff. Oh, nice! You can wear them, wear them out and about. Yeah, out on the town. Pete, would you be happy uh, for me to wear you after you die? Um, I'd choose the hand you weren't using for masturbation. Uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd find that no, I was thinking of like a Prince Albert. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, then I know it would be untouched by any humans. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Some they could they could reconstitute they could they could put me back together later on. I watched uh, Jurassic Park for the first time in about twenty five years. It's on TV, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Yesterday, yeah. Um, I don't remember any of that film. I remembered the the Tyrannosaurus Rex's big did you enjoy eye, it? and I remember the raptors in the kitchen. I did, but the the actual the pre bit the pre bit where um the fat man go na na you didn't say the magic word Dennis guy Dennis Nedry, um, yeah. Dennis Nedrin. he uh Nedry. I, I forgot. Nedry, all right. Nedry, Nedrin, I said. Uh, Nedry, he uh, he goes to steal some um, some uh, animals, embryos, embryos, and yeah. and he ends up uh, dying because uh, he's been a shit. But um, yeah, it, it it seemed like you think that they would be running. They must have been running over budget and 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 over time because they start doing the tours way too early. Because this, I goes agree, to shit with his own family quickly. as well. Mad, <laughs> I know. Damn, yeah. <laughs> which is backwards. But yeah, I, I like very enjoyable. Uh, I can see why uh, I loved it when I was a kid because I truly did. But I, I, all of the references and all of the because obviously the, the football Ramble daily we, we we have in in the past. You know, a clever girl. All of these kind of quotes from from it. I kind of remember it from the film, but watching them actually, you know, being being spoken by the the actors. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's a, it's a pastiche of the old football ramble. Uh, it's it's iconic when Bob Peck playing a Robert Muldoon goes clever girl. <laughs> That's iconic. But Pete, one thing I'd be really interested to get your take on because you're a man who loves a bit of tech and all this type right, of stuff. Yeah. What don't you think that these special effects stand up really well? Yeah, they really do, and it's and it's all about the lighting. Um, the thing that the 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 doesn't it's that idea of like this futuristic uh, how you would access a system. Yeah, that uh, doesn't work. So that that that's really like, dated. So, uh, yeah. so it's a it's a Unix it's a Unix system. I know these. I know how to work these yeah. or something. And, she, and, it, and it floats down. Right, they're trying to lock the door, and, and she has to wait until she floats down to that bit of the memory that so she can click on it and lock all the doors and get the security back up and running. Um, but no, the 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 that that's the thing you you watch like um 3d stuff made even now and it, it, it's uh it some of it's like worse than stuff you would see back in the day like oh yeah for sure you look at you look at a film like um like the mummy which i presume was released um a, a little while after that um the rock uh, the rock's character is, is he the scorpion king um when he comes mm. out he looks awful the way he, they've, they've done him he barely looks like the rock the skin doesn't look realistic um i quite i quite like a youtube series where they get um cgi professionals to go back to um see like bad cgi and also good cgi and they've always got they've always got like the utmost of respect for any people working in the special effects industry but you look at like what was ilm was it industrial light like yeah, magic doing, yeah. doing doing just about stuff like that they sort of respect because obviously they were the first people to do it like that and 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 how they were able to integrate the dinosaurs into the scene when the raptors are running around the kitchen and, and the pots are going flying and stuff i was watching it i was like going to be honest i've seen like the last jurassic park do that worse the way that the, the, yeah. the pots are going flying around and stuff i was really surprised how how well it sort of stood up 
So yeah, but he, apparently excellent. it's a combination it. of um, they. So there's a, I think it's a combination of like properly, really well done puppets, and yes, yeah, yeah and yeah. and CGI to the point where I think they they wanted to get it to where you couldn't tell which was which, basically. Mm. But I don't. I, yes. but, but help me out. You might not be able to answer this because as, as a layman, and I'm not anywhere near as interested in this kind of stuff as you. How, what is the problem with? So, for example, why does bad CGI look so bad and good CGI look so good? Is it a question of budget or time to work on it or the skill of the artist or all those things? What? Oh, t- well, I think is a bunch of reasons. Timing. Uh, I know a guy who does um, who does a lot of work um, in this industry, and he and they can spend like a certain amount of time creating, for example, uh, and I'll use the example that he used, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger for, for, for one of the, the, the previous Terminator films. And they create this incredible, accurate Arnold Schwarzenegger um, 3D model, which is beautiful, down to his fucking fingernails. It looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It smells like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then they hand that model over to someone else and he does all the lighting and he does all the compositing and he puts them in the scenes with the other actors. And if they don't do that right, if they don't get the lighting right, or they just, they're not as good and not as gifted as the people who created the model in the first place, you can make a primo model of someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger or a beautiful uh, construction. Um, you can turn it into shit because you don't have the same skills or your level of, of compositing um, is not as good as, for this, as really, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, we, we spent uh, Monday watching or, or Sunday night watching Goal Three, the final, um, the final episode of the Goal trilogy on on Football Rumble Daily, and the compositing of um, World Cup footage with um, actors on oh, a blue so screen, bad. green screen is so kind of it's so poor. But to be honest, that's hard to do with the very best of them. So f- to ask someone to do that on a budget seemingly on a fucking iphone app like just seems incredible <laughs> like you you would like there, there are certain apps that you can you know stuff like deep fakes and and stuff that you, you you can actually access on your mobile phone nowadays and augmented like reality and stuff you know you can put little dinosaurs and little characters in scenes and stuff that motion tracking you know 20 years ago would have been like unheard of and now you can do it with a processor that sits inside a you know um a five-inch block of silicon that you that you carry around in your pocket. It's it's thermal un- paste, unseemly. Second, um, thermal paste. Yeah, Pete. Probably. So can I can I just say that because I would have put my well, I wouldn't put my mortgage on it, but I would have if someone said to me, Pete Donaldson's going to go and watch Jurassic Park for the first time in twenty years tonight, and what do you think he'll say about it? I would have bet that you said that you would didn't like it, but you actually did like it. No, I, I liked it when I was a kid. I loved the I loved the music. My wife walked down the aisle to that music. You know that. Beautiful. Did you as well? Oh no, <laughs> I was no, already standing you? there. Oh, you're already there, weren't you? Yeah. Did you walk? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Did you go? Ah! Yeah. She arrived. I said, "We're being hunted." Um, <laughs> Clever. But you girl. liked it, though. You enjoyed it. Stupid girl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Foolish, foolish girl, if anything. Um, yeah. No, I really liked it. What a film. What a what a film and what a, what a production. And yeah. uh, go yeah, back and watch Jaws well. next, Pete. See if you like that. Never heard of it. Never heard of it, mate. It's a film about an otter. All right, let's go. Let's get out of here. That's enough time for this week. Uh, We'll be back on Monday, of course, with another episode of this. I hope you agree. 
excellent nonsense. Do leave us a review if you enjoy the show and tell your friends about it as well. Mm. It's just me and Pete chatting crap for half an hour twice a week, yeah, but it yeah. seems to work okay. Um, Pete, thank you very much as ever for your company. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening as well. If you want to get in touch, it's hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. You can get in touch on Twitter as well, at Luke and Pete Show. I'm going to go because my cat is scratching at the door because ever since lockdown, he, all he wants to do is go in and out of closed doors. Uh, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Scratch, scratch. This was a Stakhanov production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.